Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Security Student Podcast. Travis Lashock here after a short hiatus. In this next episode, I was honored to be joined by Robert Crapo. He is a cyber intelligence leader in his organization in the financial services industry. He has broad experience from being an intel officer in the U.S. Army. He's worked in intel analyst roles, and now his work is a fusion of intel and cyber, supporting diverse stakeholders across his organization. Plus, he's earned his master's from the University of South Florida. Today's discussion was really interesting for me for a number of reasons, but especially because Robert made a pivot of sorts in his career from being an intel analyst to supporting and leading cyber initiatives in his organization. And I think this is an essential idea for analysts out there to think about. Your skills are highly transferable across other security disciplines, and you could be so much more than you are. I hope you enjoy the following conversation. And as a reminder, if you want to support the podcast, please share this episode on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter. Cheers. Robert, thank you for joining me today. I've been looking forward to chatting because you have a really interesting role that you work in where you get to do a mix of OSINT and cyber threat intelligence. And I think for listeners, this will be really interesting to learn about because I think oftentimes these are completely different functions. And like many analysts don't get to work in like such a diverse area and work across these different disciplines. So I think it'll be really cool for listeners to listen to. And welcome to the show. And thanks for sharing your time with me today. Yeah, Charles, thanks for thanks for having me. I've been looking forward to this as well and, and very happy to share some of, of the things that, that my team has the privilege of working on and some helpful things that, that people can consider in the space. Awesome. So to kick things off, I wanted to start off with a hypothetical. And it's this. So if you had a magic wand and you could change any one thing about the security industry, what would it be? Are there any particular things that come to mind? Uh, I wish uh, I wish I did have a magic wand some days. Uh, it, that's a great question. And I think the biggest thing that, that I'd like to see change, and I think it is changing, uh, thanks to, to folks like yourself and others uh, that, we, that we all uh, get to, to, to work with, uh, is, is just the perception of any silos or barriers that may exist relative to intelligence and the impact it can provide to an organization uh, and to ensure that when those silos and barriers are removed, uh, we, we have that ability to share information, to share thoughts, to compare insights and bring people data and technology together to solve problems in new and collaborative ways. Silos and barriers. Yeah, that's a that's a great topic because it, it impacts everyone. It doesn't matter if you're in like a 100-person startup or whether you're in a large financial, financial services company. You definitely see those in all organizations, and it all kind of comes back to culture and the way that we do things to integrate other team members. So yeah, I, I do love that idea. Yeah, I fully agree. And, 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 and I would say more times than not, these are not intentional barriers. I think a lot of people and teams are, are really passionate about the work that they do and the impact uh, that they can provide. Uh, and so there's always an opportunity to take a step back 
uh, I think, and, and to, to see about new and creative ways to, to, to take that passion and that insight that, that a team or a group of analysts can provide and find new and meaningful ways uh, with others to tell an even more powerful story. Yeah, I think that's a great way to look at it. And we'll probably continue touching on this topic a little bit too as we work through um, some of my other discussion questions I had for us. And next, I was curious, can you share with us a little bit about the role that you do today? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, and I would say that, that the, the role I have today is, is a really uh, unique uh, and fun one. I get the privilege to, to work around a, a wide variety of topics and with a lot of great people. Uh, with the intelligence mission at my organization, we've gone over, uh, gone through a bit of a, an overhaul and, and I would say revolution, ideologically speaking, uh, which, as you've noted, Travis, we started with our cyber intelligence uh, program and, and, and found new ways to bring uh, relevancy for emerging cyber threats to other parts of our organization, whether it was risk, whether it was what we would call line of business and someone uh, delivering a product and a service for a customer to bring them into the organization uh, to, to know what a, a potential cyber threat might be to them, uh, as well as to our senior leadership and educating them on and new and emerging threats that might have an impact on upcoming business decisions. We've evolved from that to expand into an open source intelligence capability, uh, identifying new ways, as we've talked about now, for a little bit of bringing disparate pieces of data on the surface, deep and, and dark web together. Uh, but we've also now evolved into the geopolitical and security space, which I know we're all passionate about, and bringing all of that together along with fraud and economic intelligence to provide a holistic threat intelligence picture uh, to our organization. We've really seen rapid gains this year uh, through the dynamic world events that have been taking place uh, where our leadership and our stakeholders have been looking for a more well-rounded and comprehensive view of the world and what issues might bring the most impact and and threat to our customers and to our organization. That's really awesome that you get to work across so many different topics. You said you mentioned fraud, uh, like geopolitical situations, and OSINT capability to support the cyber team. That's that's really interesting. And could you give like could you give any examples of the types of projects that you generally might work on? Yeah, so we, we work a, a across three primary pillars of, of work, so strategic, uh, bigger picture items, things that are over the horizon uh, or contextualizing things in a more meaningful and historic way to what's happening in the moment. Those items which are, are more tactical uh, in nature, uh, as we're seeing issues emerge, uh, we, we will look at uh, those, those situations for a, a more breaking news impact to either our facility or to a, 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 an imminent threat against our network, uh, as well as something operational where we are seeing evidence of, of a potential compromise or a threat against a peer. Uh, and we look for that information. We'll bring that and uh, internally analyze it and supply that to our, what we would call our first line uh, network defenders or uh, environment defenders uh, to, to ensure that we don't see those issues here. So, uh, the, the Intel team is, is plugged in at sort of all levels of the organization to, to do this, always making an, an, you know, new relationships and identifying new ways to go. The journey is by no means over, uh, but we, we've been fortunate and privileged over the last several years to, to tell our story, uh, make these relationships, and, and most importantly, 
identify ways to make the analysis uh, meaningful and relevant and wherever possible actionable for folks to make better decisions to protect our organization. And you mentioned a little bit of like technical language around uh, around cyber and around intelligence. Are there any competencies or like any particular skills that make someone more successful in these types of roles? It's a really good question, and uh, I appreciate it. Be mindful I'm not not getting too too technical, uh, but I, I I think that um, you make you make a really good uh, point, and actually I would give an offer of encouragement for anyone considering a a, a role in the cyberspace. You do not need a certification. Uh, or a, a technical degree uh, to be successful. I currently am working on a couple of certifications, but as it stands today, I don't have one. Uh, one of the things that I've been uh, privileged, I think, to do uh, is come from a non-technical background, which has allowed me uh, personally uh, not only an opportunity to learn something new, but also to translate a lot of what my teams work on on a daily basis to a non-technical audience. Uh, when we think about our, our consumers of, of some of our strategic products, for example, Travis, there are board members or there are senior executives that they don't have a lot of cyber training or they have limited time uh, to, to read and consume and they want to know what it means in plain English. Uh, so anyone that has any background in analysis, critical thinking, the intel field has the opportunity and power to succeed. Uh, and get into the, the space. We, you know, I'm sure we, you've, you've seen it and we, we talk about, you know, potential shortages in the cyber industry for talent. Uh, and, and I don't think that there is. I think that, uh, I think that the, the, the shortage is an opportunity for folks with non-traditional backgrounds, more diverse and, uh, inclusive backgrounds to, to come into the field, enrich, uh, the cyberspace, uh, with more backgrounds and diversity of thought. Uh, that will allow folks to to better understand each other, and as we mentioned in the beginning, reduce any silos or barriers uh, to arrive at a more holistic solution. I, I do think that that as uh, you know, you continue or someone continues to mature in any field, learning and certifications are are awesome. They're valuable and encouraged, but I don't think that they're needed as a uh, a gatekeeper or a barrier to entry into the cyberspace. And I think that's one thing that I love about cyber and information security is that there's so many times where there's so many times where you run into someone who has incredible knowledge in some of these domains and you know what they might hold like a senior role and they might not even have a bachelor's degree or like any of these certifications but they've just developed this knowledge over time in their self study because maybe a manager took a chance on them like earlier in their career and they've just had awesome on the job training and the opportunity to learn with other experienced professionals. So for me, I think that's one of the coolest aspects about the cyber field. For example, one of my really good friends from the Marine Corps, he he's really like my go-to whenever I have any type of like cyber compliance, like any types of these questions, I go to him, but he doesn't have a degree. He Barely earned his security plus recently, but he has incredible, he's just an incredible wealth of knowledge. So that's one thing that I really love about, about that aspect of the security industry. You nailed it. Yeah. And then for you, how did you go about developing some of these skills that are making you successful in your role today? 
Yeah, another good question. I, I, I think you already answered it partially is, is um, you know, I allowed myself the opportunity to think that I could be successful in an area where I didn't have the skills developed uh, on the technical side. Um, and, and also having folks that were advocates and champions for me to push myself into thinking about ways that I could contribute beyond uh, where I had been uh, operating at. Um, in, in my particular situation, uh, I was exposed uh, to new opportunities in the cyberspace, and I took a leap. Uh, and I almost, uh, I almost didn't, uh, but I, I applied the, the, the commentary that, that you actually shared, Travis, and that's uh, giving myself that, that, that opportunity to learn something new, to challenge myself, but also realize where there was already natural overlap. Uh, analysis, critical thinking, the intelligence field is so broad. Uh, and and the skills are so translatable, uh, the content and and the specific aspects of how it's applied in different areas is really the only difference. Uh, and so I took that leap. Uh, I took on a, a role uh, to to get myself experience. Uh, I applied the the knowledge I learned, and then continued to to do uh, the work necessary to build and grow those capabilities, to build and grow my team. Uh, and then really spend a lot of time getting to know the stakeholders uh, that I work with and understand their problems, their needs, and their concerns, as well as their information gaps. And some of the feedback I had heard early on was, we know that the Intel team does good work, but we're trying to understand how it's relevant and relatable. Uh, and so we, we took that time to build out our intelligence requirements, something I know you're very familiar with, uh, and 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 we we developed a set of requirements and a feedback loop, so that as our intelligence program uh, produced those those products for them, we would continue to refine and get the, the the feedback incorporated. And over the last several years, having the requirements, that feedback loop, and the time spent to grow the team's capabilities, uh, in turn, uh, I've been able to continue to grow our our team's success. And, 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 and my personal success uh, as a result. Uh, so everything I owe to the team uh, and to the organization that continues to support what we do uh, and all kudos to the team for, for, for making that uh, even able to be happening. And one thing you said that really stands out to me is when you talk about uh, the translatable skills from any type of OSINT research and analysis to the work that you're doing today. So I hope some of the listeners can also take that away and they don't necessarily think just because today I'm doing, oh, I'm just doing OSINT research, writing reports, um, doing like investigative research online, that those skills aren't translatable over into like a cyber fusion center setting. So Yeah, and you've touched on the fusion aspect of things. And so the, the aspect of the, the fusion piece is so important uh, to, to an organizational growth. Uh, and, and again, bringing those people together and the teams together to, to have a shared knowledge of the threat landscape. Uh, and, and it goes beyond uh, Intel. It's our stakeholder teams. We have in uh, particularly here at, at TD, we have our, 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 our global security partners, our fraud partners, our technology partners, real estate, legal, HR, and, 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 and so on, um, all at the table uh, to, to understand uh, shared priorities and, and understand shared threats, uh, which we've, we are again able to leverage to better get our message out as an Intel team and how we can work with them 
specifically on our, our open source intelligence team, uh, a bit of a misnomer because it also, uh, you know, mis misnamed perhaps because it, it gets into this, the, the deep and dark web as, as well. Um, but, but, uh, but we're partnering our OSINT team with some non-traditional teams here uh, to help them solve more uh, problems uh, creatively. Uh, and, and I think that's really the name of the game, Travis, is putting the team and analysts and ourselves in a position to add more value in ways that may not have been explored. Those areas are so rich and ripe, uh, not only for collaboration opportunities, but also uh, for Intel analysts to apply their skills in new and meaningful ways. Yeah, and I, and I hope people listening today, this may inspire them to collaborate more between OSINT and investigative teams and their cyber teams to see how how some of their work overlaps. So I think that's awesome. And next, I was curious to ask you, so what did your career path look like leading up to the role that you're in today? Like, did you know, um, like, as soon as you left the military that this was what you wanted to do? What did that look like? Yeah, I, I mean, so when I when I uh, when I when I left the military, um, I had already been in in my career now for for a little while. Um, I was in the reserves at the time. Uh, I was also a, a, a defense contractor, um, and and looking for something where I could grow in the private sector and translate the skills. And uh, at the time, I, I was I was fortunate to be looking at potential job opportunities that. Uh, at the time, I only thought were were to to help me understand what I needed to get around certifications, around degrees, and 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 related. Um, but when I went for a particular interview uh, where I started out, um, it, I was fortunate enough to see a an organization that wanted uh, people with the skill sets that we've been talking about, and to look at things in new and non traditional ways in maturing an Intel program uh, capability. And and so I I transitioned into a role like that. Um, still doing my time and serving as, as an intelligence officer. Uh, but then as my career continued to progress, physical security, strategic intelligence analysis, uh, fraud and insider threat uh, nexus points. Uh, and my last organization, I did spend a little time working with our cyber partners, which is where I saw and, and developed my, my interest levels, uh, working in a cyber team. Uh, I switched organizations in that same time period, focusing more on on my private sector career than the military, uh, but also uh, focusing in on the cyber uh, space. Uh, and over the last several years, uh, sort of what goes around has come around where uh, the more that I've worked in the cyberspace, the more our organization was craving additional capabilities to be matured. And that's now where I find myself. Um, I found the team in the last year uh, being asked to provide more context and more insights about why things were happening uh, with respect to uh, particular nation states or international threat actors and why they were conducting new uh, actions. And, and in many cases, my answers were including the geopolitical uh, and economic sanctions aspects of things. Uh, and, and so as those answers continue to resonate with our, our partners, uh, we, we had the demand to increase our capabilities to respond in that space. So as my mandate continued to grow, uh, and my program continued to evolve in its capabilities and, and value to the organization. That's now where we find ourselves today, where uh, in the last year, the, the organization has embraced a true fusion, comprehensive uh, intelligence uh, program, providing value from one central hub 
to the rest of the organization. So uh, to answer your question, did I see it evolving this way? No, not at all. Uh, but I've been privileged uh, to, to be a part of, of a journey that um, has given me skill sets and insights and experiences uh, along the way that have been diverse and allowed me to get to this point uh, and our team to this point uh, where we can sort of bring it all together. Uh, it's been exciting. It's been fast paced. It's been dynamic. And I think that would be a piece of advice for, for anyone as well as, uh, you know, uh, again, allowing uh, yourself to, to learn new things and put yourself in positions to challenge yourself and to grow uh, will, will, will more times than not lead to a, 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 um, a career with opportunities uh, that are, are, are rich and allow um, you to succeed in ways maybe you didn't think possible. That's great. And it's excellent to hear that you were kind of in the organization at the perfect time where your leadership saw a need to expand some of those functions, develop those teams. And then I'm sure also a big role that was part of it, too, that I would assume based on like what you're talking about today is like you and your teams and your leadership's ability to speak the value of the cyber of the cyber intel and the OSINT teams so that they can see the value and they know to expand those. So absolutely. And I think just as a quick follow up to that, I think it's a lot of what we do um, is, is storytelling um, and being able to not only do meaningful and valuable work, but to showcase and articulate the value of intelligence to an organization. And I think a quick shout out to the, the, the community is, is important as, as a whole um, the information sharing community, the in analytic communities are so critical uh, to to um, the value at a leadership level as well. There's there's many days that I get asked about, you know, what our peers uh, organizations are thinking and doing uh, or what we're getting from our information sharing channels as well. And I think that's a testimony to all of the work and the analysis and efforts by the intelligence community as a whole in the private sector and the public sector, um, but to build this, um, the value over the last uh, many years uh, is our, our leadership, I think, is hearing it in many organizations. And uh, even where they're not seeing it directly, they are uh, assessing the contributions being had at other organizations. So I think a quick shout out there is, is appropriate as well. This, this the intelligence success uh, is built on the backs, I think, of all of us, and uh, and and I think uh, something that, as you've noted, uh, we're experiencing also because of that story that's being told. Yeah, I love the idea of storytelling because that's so important for us. I could think of times where I've been in roles where I did well at that, and I could think of other times where there was probably a lot of room for improvement when it came to me or others telling the story of what we're individually working on and how that's contributing to the mission or the vision. So I love that idea. That's probably an entire podcast on its own. Um, so as we wrap up our session today, I had one last question, which I was really interested in hearing your thoughts on, which was for aspiring practitioners that are listening today, um, what advice would you have for them as far as them wanting to pursue similar roles to you? For example, maybe if there's like an OSINT analyst, like what advice would you have for someone like that who wants to pursue a role that's more like yours on the cyber side that's like a, a fusion of some of these different disciplines? Just to believe in yourself. Right. I think I think the important thing is to believe in yourself, believe in how your skills and your passion can translate, uh, make meaningful connections and relationships uh, outside of uh, 
outside of just the, the, the domain or the area that you operate in today, uh, make relationships across the security teams and also across the organization uh, that, that, that you'd like to be a part of. Um, I think that uh, as we've talked about today, some of the best value that our Intel team is now doing and providing is to the organization uh, components that spend time dealing with our customers uh, and remembering that no matter how much we do on the back end to protect our organization, we also have uh, an immense obligation and opportunity to protect and educate our customers as well. So make sure that we don't limit ourselves or, or no one limits themselves to just uh, security uh, relationships, incredibly important, but also develop those organizations into being an ambassador for an intelligence function and capability uh, along the way. So yeah, definitely network, definitely believe in yourself and, and just continue to move forward and find ways to partner. I'll end as I began in talking about silos and, and barriers and in, in ways to reduce those. Uh, so many times we look to our leadership above us or around us at an organization uh, to help set strategy and vision and bring those, those walls down. Uh, but I would encourage everyone listening to know that, that, that you can be a part of that. And while I know that's easier said than done, and by no means do I think that's an easy and straightforward path to achieve, I do believe that everyone has that intrinsic value um, and it comes through that hard work through those relationships and that belief that every analyst can contribute to a better and safer tomorrow uh, for their organization. If they remember those things, uh, I, I believe that everyone uh, listening will have a great career ahead of them uh, and be able to, to continue to add value uh, to our, our, our field of intelligence and to the organizations they, they work at. I love those points. You mentioned believing in yourself, which I think is extra important as like many, many of us might think of ourselves as we're an OSINT researcher or we're a physical security risk assessment person, like to, to believe in yourself and just know that you can slowly develop any skills over time, including those in cyber, which might be intimidating initially, but just taking baby steps along the way, you'll be able to build that competence. And then also relationships, huge, going to be huge within your organization. And then like you mentioned too, like having relationships outside of your organization with other organizations so that you could understand what challenges they're facing, how they're addressing them successfully or unsuccessfully. I think those are all, those are all excellent points. And Robert, I really appreciate you sharing your time with me today. We covered some really cool topics around silos and barriers. You talked about like the revolution in your organization to combine so many different disciplines into one fusion center. And you gave us some really cool insights just around the career in general of working in a fusion center. So I really appreciate you sharing your time to time with me today. Yeah, thanks so much, Travis. It's, uh, it's been a privilege, and uh, thank you so much. And that concludes today's episode. Remember, show notes from today's chat can be found online at thesecuritystudent.com, which includes a transcript, links to resources mentioned, and a quick summary of big ideas we touched on today. Final note, if you're finding my podcast useful and you want to help me in a very meaningful way, please go to the Apple Podcasts app and write a quick review stating why you love the podcast.